amazing and what you can take and bring to your clients, to your team, to, you know, yourself is just such a great opportunity. And um, I've really, really learned that over the past, you know, couple of years. Welcome to the DME Coach Podcast. Today, I am privileged to have Sarah Hanna, owner of ECS Billing and Consulting. Now, full bias ahead of time. I know I am certain Sarah and her amazing team, I would probably not be in the DME industry anymore. They have come alongside us and really we are a team and it's because of her and her staff and the way we've worked together is one of the many reasons we have been as successful in the home healthcare and durable medical equipment industry as we have. When the DME apocalypse first hit, we brainstormed like crazy how to change mid-business to succeed in this crazy industry that we're all in. I'm just going to jump into it. Enjoy this interview with Sarah Hanna on how one can lead a successful business and the benefits of working with a billing company instead of doing it yourself. I will make reference as you will hear me say it in the middle of the interview, I made a $400,000 mistake before we went over to ECS billing. And that mistake was we, we dispensed services and claims and did not collect timely. So what happened was we had multiple claims were denied or recouped because of lousy paperwork. They were not billed in a timely manner. This was totally my fault. But had I had someone like ECS billing behind me or another billing service, I would have been protected. So when you hear my $400,000 mistake, it was because I did not have a good billing company behind me. Now, you also have to ask, how can you make a $400,000 mistake? Well, you can do that when reimbursements are really, really good, which is what they used to be. A decade ago. They are not now. If you were to do it now, even for a large medical supply, it will probably take you out of business. So here's my relationship with ECS Billing and Consulting and Sarah Hanna. Well, hey, welcome. Welcome, Sarah. Uh, welcome to podcast, the DME Coach. Thank you so much for joining me, even though this sounds a little weird because we, like we were talking before I hit the record button, We've been we've been discoursing for years now, well over five six years. So br- bring me up to speed. How long have you known me? How do you know me? Who are you with ECS Billing and Consulting? Well, this is a great opportunity for me, and I'm happy to be on your podcast, Eric. And I am the owner and CEO of ECS North, and we are a revenue cycle management company, which is basically a billing company for the claims that go to payers, insurers. Uh, for our clients to provide a variety of DME, respiratory, infusion, rehab, and supply items. How we met, I think you contacted me via phone. I'm not sure if you were referred to me by uh, a client or by um, another service organization. Started talking on the phone. I think we found that we had similar business philosophies, similar goals. I felt that I could trust you 
because it's very important for me to be able to go into a relationship in business as a partner and someone that I can trust and that we have similar synergies. I believe during those conversations, uh, we both found that out about each other. And because of what we do, and we're in charge of your cash flow, because we're billing out. You're in charge of all my money. I'm in charge of all your money. You need to have trust. I have to be, you know, take care of you. And you've done very, very well. What has it been now? Four or five, six years? How long? Do you even know? Oh my gosh. Uh, I think it's closer to seven, actually. You know, six or seven. Yeah. That's right. Because That's right. Because when I came to visit you, I was not going to give you in charge of all of our company's billing without seeing you in face and seeing you in Tiffin, Ohio. I came out with my son. Yeah, he was a baby. Who was only six months old. So yes, it's now been six and a half, almost seven years. Holy cow. Yep. I remember that well. It was a very snowy day and you had a hard time finding us. And so I was, went out to the street and stood there in the snow waving you down so you could see where we were, we were located. You know, I think I've told you before, had I found you earlier, you would have saved me probably close to $400,000. But sometimes you make those mistakes, and I'll just say, hey, we will learn from them. May someone else laugh at my $400,000 mistake because that was before Sarah Hannah and ECS. Well, thank you, and we very much are appreciative of your business and the relationship that we formed as well as a friendship throughout the years. Absolutely. And I think that happens with all businesses and even, you know, even team members that are at our companies is, you know, you don't have to be best buds with everyone. But eventually over time, you you go through enough battles and war wounds, you you become friends or partners and partner, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie involved there because you've gone through it together. You're either going to quit or become really, really close and have each other's back. And I think we've had that and even your entire team too. Oh, I agree. I think that's key in a business relationship that's going to be mutually successful is great communication between all parties, uh, the ability to feel safe when there is an issue that we can talk it over and know that I'm going to do my best and my team will do their best to fix any issue, as well as if I come to you you're going to do the same. And then if there's times when you're really not sure what to do, not to be afraid to, you know, pick up the phone and say, hey, Eric, you know, I know we've got this one issue and this is what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? You know, because you're better together than you are apart. And if you have the right Absolutely. the right partner as a client, and then... We can really, you know, go through, like you said, the fire, but come out better and more refined. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I haven't told you this yet, but I was at a conference, um, oh, several weeks ago, and someone else was talking to me about billing-related issues, and someone was trying to sell me something is what it came down to. And essentially what I said was, well, I have Sarah Hanna on my team. And he looks at me, he's like, yes, yes, you do. Okay, and it was kind of end of discussion, drop the mic, that's where it was at, because (laughs) he knew who Sarah Hannah is, and yes, and and in the course, I've called you several times, like, Sarah, can I do this? And you're like, yeah, that's great, or like, Eric, no, don't, don't even go down that tangent, because I'm an ideas guy. And you've protected me from my own mistakes sometimes. So that, that's where it's nice to have this. You've got to have someone, whether whatever business you're in, to throw ideas off of. Because if you don't have ideas, you're in deep trouble. But likewise, if your ideas are there, you have to have someone who is safe to bounce those ideas off of as well, too. 
Do you find that the case? Absolutely. And I think in our situation especially, uh, you and I are basically, you know, singleton owners. And so, you know, we're making these heavy decisions for our businesses and we don't have that extra person to kind of say, hey, am I thinking this through correctly? Uh, what are your thoughts? And it's nice to have that person that you can contact and they're going to be honest with you like, eh, I don't think this is right. Or, you know what, that is really a good idea. Or have you thought of this? And so I think that's really been a special uh thing with our relationship is that you and I both have been able to do that throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I do with our podcast, and I'm, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be my beta test. Uh, I always go through a high and low. And the reason why I go through a high and low is, as you know, owning your own business, there are highs with it, there are lows or growth points. And I like to share that and say, hey, we're real. We're not just saying, hey, we're going to be here and we're going to put frosting on everything and everything's always frosting. That's not the case. Uh, life is tough. And uh, so I'm going to share my high-low for the week. My high, high this week, I had one of the coolest conversations last week. And I am not going to summarize this appropriately because I wasn't recording the phone call. But I had a provider call me, a competitor of me, and basically say, hey, I'm, I'm retiring. I am moving out of business. Essentially, this person said to me, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of the DME industry, and I don't like much in the DME industry, but Eric, your business is my favorite of all the DMEs that I don't like, and I'm just going to give you all of my patience. Oh. And I was like, well, that is a very offhanded compliment. So that was one of those things. That's wow. a huge highlight. I'm running, I'm running around our store last week giving high fives and great job, guys. Oh, yeah. So huge highlight last week. Uh, my low light for the week right. was I had two different team leads. I've been so busy going from conference to conference, and then I got sick, unfortunately. And I had two of my team leads basically all but demand to sync with me. And it wasn't a bad thing, but it was one of those things you kind of, when mm -hmm. you develop a very healthy relationship with your team leads and whoever's underneath you, and then you get busy and you kind of pull back because you have to. And then they were almost like, well, hey, we need to bounce, just like I need to bounce some ideas off of you. They need to bounce ideas off of me because we have a very healthy communication here at our, at our store. Um, that was kind of a low light. I realized, oh, I got too busy. I need to slow down and really make sure I am nurturing my team mm -hmm. and encouraging them, helping them grow and back and forth. So that was my low light last week. So um, I kind of sprung this on you last second. Do you have a high low for the week or what's a high and what's a growth point for you that you'd be willing to share? Well, a high was that um, kind of like yours, you have those moments where it makes you feel good and legitimizes what you're doing. And so um, about this time every year, I send out emails to the variety of associations throughout the United States uh, offering out my um, speaking engagements. Sent them out on um, Tuesday. Some responded within an hour, but within uh, basically less than 48 hours, I was already booked for 10 speaking gigs throughout the U.S. for 2020. Good for you. And. So that was really neat. That is really cool because, um, you know, they're entrusting me to speak intelligently and um, energetically and provide good content to their members that will help their members grow and thrive and succeed in, you know, our challenging industry in uh, which we find ourselves 
today. So that was a high point for me, actually. Mm -hmm. And how about a growth point or a low light? Well, I can give you one of those. And I, too, believe that, you know, if you only just show what's good about yourself and not show some of your warts, you're not being true to yourself and you're not going to grow and learn as you go forward in any business. So uh, one of our low points here was that we took on a, a client, it's a current client, but a new area for them. And we ran the numbers and based on what was in their system of, you know, what was coming in, what our staffing needs would be, and so forth. Well, when we actually started getting in and digging in and doing it, uh, we found that the numbers were under uh, what we had thought they were, but the true numbers were were a lot larger. So we ended up very quickly having a backlog. So I requested my team of that department to come up and tell me exactly where we were and um, how long it would take us to get the backlog. So they provided me with the report, and I was not happy with the time frame of that um, uh -oh. backlog. You know, I said we need to reevaluate. We need to look at the processes and how we're going to address this. So we met and discussed it, and uh, were able to refine it, uh, get some other people involved that you know they didn't think about because you know sometimes we as leaders come in and we can see things that they can't because we're not in the weeds, right? And so uh, I was able to give them some good direction. They were able to give me good some some good feedback, and uh, I think we've got a good plan on uh, changing that time frame by fifty percent, which makes me happier, and will make my client happier as well when I talk with them. In, so. <laughs> indeed, and and you've done that several 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 times. Don't you hate it when the numbers don't turn out how they're supposed to turn out? <laughs> you know, that's the problem with numbers. You know, you can pull them out of the system, but then reality checks in and then you've got to pivot to make it work. So you you said you're part of revenue cycle. That's kind of a fancy word. Br bring it down to um I have a second grader. Bring it down to second grade language. What do you do? For those, a lot of people, this is what's interesting about our industry, Eric, is that when you say you're in the DME industry, nobody knows what you're talking about. No. And so when I'm on an airplane and I'm talking with people, what they understand is the physician relationship. So how I bring it into play is I say, okay, you know, when you go to the doctor, and they, you know, you see the doctor and he diagnoses you and you go home with a prescription. I said, there's your insurance is going to be billed for that visit. And they're like, yeah. And I said, okay, so we basically bill that insurance for the services that are done. However, my clients are those that when you see someone in a wheelchair or with a walker or with oxygen, maybe someone even on a high acuity level like Stephen Hawking or um, Christopher Reeves, they can kind of uh, picture those people. And I said, everything they use to help them in their daily life and to li live their best life are what my providers and my clients are able to set them up with. And then we bill their payers for those. So, you know, that goes from speech generation devices to uh, wheelchairs to auction, the sleep, uh, CPAP. So many people you see those going through security in a um, airport these days, where you never saw those, you know, six years ago. And um, you know, supplies, wound care supplies. Many people have to have uh, post-surgery uh, wound supplies. 
for their uh, wounds to heal. So we provide the billing for those uh, providers. And I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna add that you make sure we get paid for those or do whatever we can to be paid because even my owner who is a pharmacist, he doesn't understand what do you mean they can come back and take our money? What do you mean they can deny our claim? Well, that's not that's not fair. You're, you're kind of like our bodyguard. Essentially what it is, is we, we go off, we're battling with providers, we're working, we're, we're taking really good care of our customers. You make sure that we get paid. And that's hard because if not, and that's kind of what's taken so many people out of business is they didn't have that bodyguard and you guys made sure that we were paid. Is, is that an accurate illustration? Oh, most definitely. We make sure you get paid, but we make sure you're getting paid because you're doing the right things and your documentation to prove the need for your patient is compliant and meets the criteria of the payers. So that's huge. Um, and then it goes along with just knowing the various uh, coding applications for modifiers that assist as well and any um, associated documentation that needs to be given with that. So, yeah, that's what we do, So as well as consult and train. We consult and train our clients as well. Absolutely. And, that, and that's, a, that's a big point is, is even the, you know, you say consulting, I would, I just, I would almost emphasize more of the training because what you're doing is essentially you're really training your clients to send off better claims as well too because you compare our business from where we were seven years ago to where we are today we are so much how, how would you actually here's a good question how would you compare us as a business seven years ago to where we are today and what has changed as you've seen our business evolve oh boy eric your business has changed dramatically and it's been an exciting journey to be part of that. And what I've witnessed is that uh, you and your team, you mainly, and because of your leadership, your team, but you've been able to grow this business because you're also looking at uh, other ways to do things, how to become more efficient. You are looking for outside opinions that can make you stronger. You've learned from your mistakes, just like any good business owner. But that's allowed you to grow and to have the number of locations in which you have and to have the growth in revenue in which you've had. And then having ECS as a partner, uh, we've been able to help you along the way. And also, by your success, we've succeeded. So as you've grown, we've grown. So it's just a mutually beneficial relationship. And those are the type of clients that I just adore. And it's so fun. And it's just exciting to see the change and to be part of it. So you've done a tremendous job. Yeah, and and that's really, and and I think all of us, some of us need to kind of have a heart to heart about business and what we think about business in, in terms of we need to understand that everyone we work with you want to have that symbiotic relationship because as you succeed, you if the person that you're serving, whether it be your customer, or your patient, you name it, if they don't win, you actually don't win. You might get a short-term bump, mm-hmm. but you do not win unless they are self-sustainable. So even you know our, 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 our DME clients, if I don't create that long-term relationship, we will have failed. And that's one of the things that we have done really, really well together is – 
yes, you've helped us win, then we've done better. Obviously, it helps your company, but it goes back and forth, and it's almost kind of like this volley in tennis or whatever yes. uh, whatever sport you play. It, there, there's this relationship that goes back and forth. Now, that's the good side of business. Tell me some of your pet peeves. Let's say you're working with a client and you just can't get it through their head. What do you, what do you want to hit them over the head with and say, I wish you would get this? <laughs> oh, well, you know, you do have your clients who are the ones that, you know, are the ones that you can, you can grow with and learn from and be honest and have that great communication. So let me talk about the ones that I, I like the best. I love the ones who are engaged. Uh, and they have similar business philosophies, and um, they understand that together we can become better together, learn and develop from our successes and failures, and great communication. And you have to also bring in the failures, because in that relationship, we're both not going to hit the mark all the time. And the fact that if you learn from why those things have happened, it really makes you so much better. And then if you can stay together through those failures, uh, man, the success is so much sweeter and greater because you've learned so much and that you've learned how to be better and because you don't want that to happen. Now, the problem is there's a lot of people that come on to my service and services such as mine who just think they can hand it off and turn their head and say, well, that's their, their deal. Well, we can't really uh, move forward and become make you even more successful because there's things that need to be fixed. And if you're not engaged and you're not having the communication, then how is it going to improve? So they're missing out on opportunities to grow their business. Um, also, those who will say, yeah, I will take care of it and I'll go talk to my people, they don't. So it's just a continual month after month after month of the same issues over and over again that are never addressed. And I think that could be they're not addressing it for a variety of reasons. I mean, you know, we want to avoid conflict. We're human. You know, let's just feel good all the time, right? Um, exactly. But the growth happens when you have those tough conversations and you have to deal head on with the things you don't want to deal with. And I think the people who just, um, and my clients who are not as successful as um, Howard's, they are the ones who aren't willing to take on those tough communications and who are not willing to dig in where they need to dig in. So if I could wish for anything is I wish that they were more engaged and that they would work with me even more closely than what they do. And I would say, I would add, I wouldn't necessarily, not that I'm really correcting you, but I would say not that they don't have those conversations. I think sometimes what they do is you might tell them one thing and then they do, they do really do relay that information. But frequently, it's not a conversation. It's, Correct. It's, it's one, you might just tell them something, but there has to almost be an evolution of thinking that takes place. And it's not a conversation. It's not two conversations. It's not five conversations. It is sometimes up to 20 conversations because there's got to be an evolution of thinking. There's got to be an evolution of how you process your orders, your relationship with providers. And there are some issues that our company and your company has worked together for over a year to get things right. And if it was a conversation that happened one time, 
everyone else would do this. It is, and this is why you've got to have that uh, dancing relationship where you, you, you know, you're almost moving in sync. And I, I was listening to, I think it was Kit. I, actually, I'm sure it was Kit, who is uh, Kit's one of your, um, who, who uh, Kit, Kit's your vice president, right? Correct. And she's very good at coaching people and and progression of teaching team members. So talk to me about if you have a problem, how either you or Kit goes about how do you walk someone along if something does need to be changed? Well, it is, like you said, multiple conversations. It's a coaching process. I mean, you know, you've got to get down, if you look at it to analog- an analogy of a um of a coach in sports, you know, you can take someone and say, okay, this is how you uh, throw the ball for repetition. So you have to be, um, know your audience and know how they best learn. You have to be thoughtful in your words. Um, You know that they don't want to hear, they become defensive if you, you know, present it in a certain manner. So it's really just about, coaching them, teaching them, training them, following up with them, uh, giving positive reinforcement as well, not just saying, hey, you did this in error, and so that they know uh, their end goal and these are the steps that we're going to be with you along the path. I think those are huge um, areas, as well as showing them their improvement to show they're trending as they go along. How do you decide how to coach people given that we all have different personality types and different strengths and weaknesses? Right. Well, you know, um, I think one of the best things about my team is for the most part, a lot of them have been here for many years. So I've gotten to know them. You know, there are people who you can be very just, you know, blunt with because, and to the point, they're in a hurry. They don't want to mess around. Just get to the point. Don't dance around it. Others you have to cajole. And so it's just basically knowing your team members, but how do you get to know your team members? You need to ask them questions and um, understand their mindset Um, because it's just like perception. Like you said, I can say something and one person will perceive it this way and another person, person will perceive it another way. You know, what they think about what I said, um, what did they hear? You know, and a lot of times when people are talking to me, I'll stop and say, okay, so what I think you're saying is this, so that we're operating on the same, you know, level and that I'm not misconstruing things, repeating back and then um, really trying to listen to understand. And I think that is a big um, element in coaching is listening to understand where they're coming from. And, you know, sometimes you're not going to be right on the mark when you're talking with them. You may make mistakes in how you say things. And But another thing what we have to be aware of is to be apologetic when we do, you know, make an error in how we communicate. You know, that, that means a lot. Yeah, I agree. And that's actually why I say, hey, here are my high and lows from the week. Even, I don't want to say like low points, but hey, if we mess up, how do we own it? Or what, what's our low point? Because life is hard. And if we make a mistake, hey, we got to own it. And even, so our industry is changing faster than we even know it's changed. I don't even think our industry knows where it's going. Healthcare doesn't even know where it's going for crying out loud. But if you were to make your predictions, and I'll only play them back if they're correct. But going into 
2020 in the future, where do you see DME billing or where do you see home health care billing or even our industry moving forward? I, I, I would also I, I would I would make that a two part question. So question number one, where do you see billing moving forward in our industry? Well, in our industry, that's a challenging one. Um, I believe, you know, we're moving more and more away from the, obviously, the governmental payers were traditional Medicare and traditional Medicaid were big players years ago, and they've moved into advantage plans and managed care plans. Becoming, they have been in the past, but I think they will even become more challenging as we move forward. Uh, so knowing as best you can and their requirements is going to be key, as well as having relationships with their uh, contract people, the provider reps, so that as issues arise with the way they're processing the claims, that's going to be key because they're coming up with a lot of different edits that just show up where claims are not getting paid. So you need to have that communication. I think um, that's going to continue. My concern for the future is the single payer, uh, single provider uh, clauses that might be put into the commercial payers where uh, they're taking uh, provider panels and they may have 10 providers, 15 providers, and going down to one for certain product categories. So that can. I would say that's a concern for me as well, too. The, the whole idea of going down to one provider is asinine, if you ask my opinion. And it, 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 it's not a good long-term solution, actually. So really, and this is where I, I want to just hit them over the head mm -hmm. because, yeah, it might save them a few dollars short-term, maybe even for a year or two. It is a horrible long-term solution. It is horrible for the customer's patient choice. And I would even say for the providers, it's not because you, you almost into, enter into an enslavement where it's like all or nothing, and then you, you kind of get stuck. So I want to say, like, single provider, really, please don't. It, it might help you short term, but I don't see a lot of long term success. But I, I really hope you're wrong there, but you, you might be right. It'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, <laughs> Let's put it this yeah. way. I'm, and, I'm worried and, about but it. But it's a very healthy worry at the same time. <laughs> So tell me. Um, I'm just worried. <laughs> you own ECS and you lead ECS. Tell me, what are you lead? Uh, what are you learning as leader and owner of your business? So uh, this podcast is geared towards people who are leading. What are you learning as you personally grow your business? What's something you've learned and said, "Hey, this is an area that I'm going as I continue to grow and." Uh, learn and lead ECS? Well, I think there's a there's multiple facets, and it's not actually about any specific uh, designation of my company. It's actually about myself as an, an, an owner and a leader. Um, I'm learning that I need to stay more open and not to react to stressful situations, and um, that's one of the things that I, you know, been taking a step back and thinking things through, but yet, for a while, I wasn't trusting my gut instinct. And, you know, I was kind of avoiding that niggling in the back of your head um, rather than saying, you know what, this, I know what needs to happen and I need to take action on it. And so uh, going back to trusting my gut as well. And then I'm also working on becoming more flexible and understanding the new dynamics of our industry, the economy, 
and also what employees value. Uh, nowadays, you know, I've been in this game for 28 years, so you always have to continually learn because how I operated 28 years ago is totally different than how I operate today. And also the type of employees that are out there in the workforce, what they value in a company is different uh, today than it was, you know, back when I started. And um, I continually evaluate my operations and refine. And we have uh, quarterly retreats with our, our top management and our middle managers to talk through every aspect, even going through the weaknesses and strengths of each person who's on our teams and where they fit best so that we actually have the right people in the right position. And then um, staying humble but also confident because, uh, you know, you don't want to get too big for your britches because that leads to mistakes. And then the last thing that I think that I've learned as a leader and owner is just really take the value of those mistakes, those horrible times, um, not stay living in them, but as you move past and through them, I don't ever want to go through those horrible things again but I can see the value in it that the reason it happened was because I was blinded and, but because I went through that situation, my business is better. My clients are better served because of it and to be thankful for them. I don't want to go do it again, but I'm thankful for it so that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, not. absolutely not. But I'm thankful for it and that I'm ready for the next one to come. And you know that it's true. Um, it really is true. It feels like it will never pass. You feel like when you're in the, the midst of the fight, it won't pass, but it does. It's just the evolution of our lives. As long as we move through it along with it and not staying in that moment for the rest of our lives and beating ourselves up over it, you just see the value of it. And then, that learning is just amazing and what you can take and bring to your clients, to your team, to, you know, yourself is just such a great opportunity. And um, I've really, really learned that over the past, you know, couple of years. And I'm still a work in progress, but I think those are the things. Well, we all are, and we always will be a, a work in progress until life stops changing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that, that ain't going to happen anytime soon. So tell me, as you learn mm -hmm. and as you are learning, um, what, what are some of your uh, favorite uh, – tell me, how, how are you learning as a leader? Do, do you have a few favorite podcasts? Are you reading a certain kind of book? What, what, how, how are you growing um, as an owner and how you lead your business? Well, one of the things I love about you, Eric, you're one of my favorite friends to share good books with and also good podcasts. So I always like hearing what you're listening to and reading as well. But um, – the podcasts that I'm in right now are, I love the, and this was actually my nephew uh, brought it up to me uh, last summer. I just have listened to every single episode. It's called How I Built This uh, with Guy Raz. And it's all these entrepreneurs who've built their companies and the struggles they've gone through. I mean, they've sold them for millions or billions or what have you, and some never sell. But you hear their struggles and you're like, you know what? I've gone through that too. Or, hey, you know what? They did it. I can do it. So I love that one. I always like the Tony Robbins podcast as well. I get a, a lot of great information and good interviews, but also good insight. And um, one of my favorite uh, podcast uh, episodes was with Seth Godin. 
uh, who's written a lot of books on marketing, and he was on the Tim Ferriss show. And um, oh, he is brilliant. yes, and I've I've read many books that he's recommended in his books. I love that him. But I tell you what, my 2019. And we're coming to the end of 2019, so I get to do this again in 2020. I always have a theme for my years. And 2019 was, and this sounds kind of like um, selfish, but it actually, you know, you have to have self-care. You have to be a little selfish from a personal and professional standpoint and help you to grow. But mine was the, tw- the year of Sarah. And um, what that was is I really wanted to grow as a person and as a businesswoman. And I started my year off and I found this program called Mindset Reset with Mel Robbins. And she wrote a book that I just love called The Five Second Rule. And um, I was devoted to that for the 30 days that class took place. And I got into journaling every morning and I knew journaling was good, but I just was like, you know, I'm above it. Uh, Not above it. You know, you just kind of think, I don't have time for that. Whatever. I can get through this without writing everything down. But it started with a very simplistic way of journaling, and now for me it's morphed into my own way of journaling. But from a business perspective, uh, it's you start every morning, Monday through Friday, you write down a variety of different things, your gratefuls and so forth, uh, but you write down what your top project is for that day. You might be able to write down two, but your top things so that you don't, you know, procrastinate. So now you write down, these are the things I need to accomplish today. And then you write, what are just a couple of little steps you can take to getting that started? And then why is it important to you? And that is before you, you don't look at your phone in the morning, you do these things first. And that helps me to kind of get my mind set and ready to, for my day, what is important? What are a couple of steps I can do to get that started? Not maybe I can't finish it all in one day, but get it started because sometimes we procrastinate. And then why is it important for me to do it? So that helped me, and that really helps me focus in and go into working on that. Um, From a personal standpoint, you know, you have the stress and the worries that come in your mind throughout. And another thing is, is that if you just let them ruminate in your head, they can take on a life of their own. You know, uh, Mark Twain said, I'm an old man that has known a great many troubles, many of which have never happened, because we make these troubles up in our head. So true. So I write down my stresses and my worries, get them out of my head and down on paper. And then what I do is, if this would really happen, how would I deal with it? What would I do? Well, so then I have a plan. So then I don't feel so out of control, because... 99% 99% of them aren't going to come true, you know, but if, it, oh, but if they do, I, that was like a, a, a freedom for me. It was such a freeing experience. It was hard to take that first writing it down because you think, oh, if I write it down, then the universe is going to hear me um, and it's going to come true. You know, it's just those silly things you put in your head, but I wrote them down and boy, just by the act of writing it down, you take control. And some things are out of your control, but if you're feeling out of your control by writing it down and trying to figure out a way of how would I deal with it really helped me. And then a third life hack was I found that I was having a little bit of a trouble focusing. Um, you know, you have so many things going on. How do I focus? And I bought a treadmill desk. So I have a, No way. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, I've got it set up with dual monitors. I've got – I just – undo from my desk my um, laptop, hook into my 
a desk on my in my office on the um, on the treadmill, and I tell you what, time flies, and I'm walking, and you can get it up. It takes a little bit of time getting used to typing and and uh, walking, but I get so focused, and I don't even know. I can walk, and it's like five miles later, and I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm like, wow, it just. I just flew by, you know, and um, so those are my things that have helped me in 2019. So it's going to be exciting for me to start planning 2020, what I'm going to do for what's my theme and, and how I'm going to attack it. But just keep uh, awesome. maneuvering. I can, see, I can just see the look on my COO's face as you said treadmill desk because she'll know Eric wants one of those. <laughs> and if it made Sarah Hannah work – it's going to make us work. And that, that has frequently happened. Like, will this help ECS? And she looks at me like every time it helps ECS, <laughs> it does help us out eventually in the long term. But sometimes it hits the budget line item. Oh. What, what is this treadmill desk? But that's awesome. That makes complete sense because your time is valuable. Mm-hmm. And if you can hit two birds with one stone, that is how we become more efficient as companies. Right. And I, I could key, I could zone in. My mind, I was finding that I was kind of, you know, when you sit at your desk, you sit so long, you kind of get fidgety, uh, you know, so maybe you're up and I'm moving, but if you're moving while you're working, my focus became better. I started writing better presentations. Um, I went and spoke to a women's group in uh, South Carolina and I, the presentation was all developed while walking on my treadmill desk and my practice was my rehearsing was there. And when I got done, it was, I was so excited and I'd motivated them so well. I had all these women saying, so are, have you, are you on TED? Did you do a TED talk? Because I'd love to hear your TED talk. And I'm like, I, have not, I have not done TED, but that is a goal. So um, it, was, it was pretty cool. So I have to say it really helped me focus in and stop my mind from, you know, hitting, you know, hitting on a million different things but not accomplishing as many as I needed. So those are the things that really helped me in 2019, to be honest with you. That is exciting. It's fun to hear of your growth. It's fun to see your growth. Here here you are almost kind of my coach, my consultant, my, um, you help us along with it. It's fun. I, I, I take a lot of joy in seeing just the growth in your company and even your leaders underneath you. It's just really, really encouraging. And you're, you guys are just getting it done. Thank you. Um, so I want to thank you for uh, being a guest on our po- on on the DME Coach podcast. I want to thank you for um, just all that you even just bring to our industry as a whole. It's it's people like you that keep our home healthcare industry rocking and rolling and pointed in the right direction. Um, so if someone does want to get in touch with uh, Sarah and ECS Billing and Consulting and say, hey, help your business out like it's helped our business out, how do they get in touch with you? Well, the best way, because I travel quite a bit, as you know, is to shoot me an email at sarahhannah at ecsfillingnorth.com. And I'll have to spell my name because it gets confusing. It's Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H-H-A-N-N-A at ecsfillingnorth.com. You can also visit our website at ecsfillingnorth.com billingnorth.com. Uh, you can leave me a voicemail, but with being on the road, sometimes email is the best way because then we can set up a time to chat. But our phone number is 419-448-5332. Extension 102 is my extension. And um, we are on Eastern Standard Time. 
or as I like to say, Tiffin Time. Tiffin Time. Ohio. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Well, good. Hey, thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate you and your company, and uh, I, I cannot wait until 2020. It's going to be exciting, Eric, and thank you so much for letting me be part of your podcast. I'm excited for you as well. What you're doing is um, very much needed in our industry, and I love listening to you, and to be a guest on your podcast is just really thrilling for me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah. That was a, I really enjoyed interviewing Sarah. Now I get to work with her and her team on a daily basis, which is wonderful because I think we really sharpen each other. There's a quote that says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. And, and that is what a good business relationship does, in my opinion. Seven year or seven to eight years ago before we moved to billing. I really struggled with the decision. I, like I said on the previous podcast episode, when we decided to move part of our team to the Philippines, some people might say outsource. It's, some people might say outsourced. We call, them, we call our team members in the Philippines remote team members because that's what they truly are. They are team members. But when I was trying to figure out, do we outsource billing? What I first had to ask, what I first had to answer the question to myself is, can I do it myself? And the answer is, could I bill myself? Yes, I can. I'm fully capable of doing my own claims and even running my own billing company. But then you have to ask the question, are you good at it? Some people, you can have billing in-house. If I had my billing staff in-house where we were not leaning on another company, there would be some advantages. But you also have to ask, what is your personal strength? Billing is not my personal strength. If you were to see my current billing leads face as I say that, she would say, amen, Eric. Your strength is not billing. You can hit the button, but there's a good chance you're going to fail to claim if you don't have someone who understands the intricacies of all the claims that go out. This is what a billing team does. Before we went to ECS Billing and Consulting, I really was not sure if we were going to what I would call outsource billing. And I remember going to my pastor and I said, hey, I, I am really conflicted about whether or not we should outsource our billing. And he said to me, Eric, why do people come to Howard's? They come to Howard's to get a great wheelchair or home health care equipment and to work with our staff. He's like, will they continue to get the same level of service? And I was like, absolutely. He, then he says, will your service get better or worse? Well, arguably, our service should get better. He goes, then go ahead and do it. So what you need to answer is if you decide to outsource your billing in your home health care company, what is it going to allow you? To For me, this allowed me to really dial down on the retail and the marketing and other aspects of our business that I, that I previously was not able to do because I was worried about billing, because I was worried about other aspects of billing. It allowed me to do that. Now, I do want to offer a disclaimer. A lot of people I've talked to think, well, I will outsource billing, therefore I don't have to worry about billing. I still have a billing lead inside of Howard's. It's not that we don't have to do billing. 
but a lot of the aspects of billing and confirming have been outsourced. There's still those interactions with your patients that you need to have. There's still those interactions where you need to talk with the local doctor's offices and have to hand deliver certain CMNs. But there's a lot of things about billing you can outsource. So whether you outsource 95% of it or 5% of it or none of it, whether you do it all yourself, whether you do all of it yourself, understand what can be done from every step of the way, from the point where you first interact with the customer to the verification of insurance to the posting of everything. Every single business is different. So hopefully, hopefully you have gleaned something from this podcast and what Sarah has had to say from growing your business to having a very good billing experience. I'd love to talk about the three services that we offer here at DME Coach. Those are our mastermind groups, our individual coaching, and then our in-store consulting. First, our mastermind groups, what do we do? We meet once a month via video and phone. And what we do is we come together as individual DME owners, managers, future leaders, and we talk about what's working and what's not working on our business. Second, we offer executive coaching. And what that looks like is I will come alongside you. We'll look at how is your business doing? Do you have one team member? Are you flying it solo? Do you already lead, lead a staff of 50? And we'll see what we can't do to coach you to the next level. Can you be more efficient? Are you hitting your goals? Do you have pain points? We will get you to that next level. And then last, we offer in-store consulting. We'll come out to your store. We'll interview your team members and offer and give you a roadmap. Take very good care of your fellow team members. Take even better care of your customers and have an amazing week.